Hello and welcome to the Draft Talk podcast. The Draft Talk podcast, as you may know, is the one place for all your draft needs. I'm your host today, Brian, and joining us is two of the best of the best, our very own Owen and Stu. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, good, Brian. Back again to talk more football this time, thinking more, looking at the 24 uh, NFL draft. Obviously, we touched on some of the players from the draft uh, just gone. And there's a lot of names to get out there, a lot of names to talk about. So, yeah, let's get cracking. Yeah, it's good to get to the proper bread and butter, isn't it? This is what we're here for. We're here to talk about upcoming NFL draft prospects and the 2024 class looking pretty good. So we've got some players to talk about. Absolutely. And that's what we are doing today. We're looking forward to uh, next year's NFL draft. It'll sneak up on you a lot quicker than you think it always does. Um, we're on the eve of the college season. So, yeah, let's dive right in. Um, I guess before we go into prospects, individual prospects, what do you think? Maybe too early, but the draft class as a whole got you excited? Is there, is there any strong positions that are jumping out at you? What do you think, guys? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's actually quite a, a very strong class. Um, one of the better classes that we've Probably the second best class, I would say, it's shaping up to at the moment since we started this. Nothing will beat that Trevor Lawrence. Um, what year was that? What year did we start? I can't even remember. 2021, was it? Um, that would, I mean, that was unreal in terms of um, elite prospects. But this probably at the moment is shaping up to be kind of second on that list. Uh, it's, it's got a bit of everything. It's got kind of blue chip talent up and down the board. We've got some really really good quarterback prospects so I think there's a lot to be excited about and if you're a team that's going to be drafted early you're going to have uh, a difficult choice to make because there's some really good players and I think it's a it's a wide and varied draft class as well there's not the yeah. concentration of all the the top players in one position and everyone's scrambling to make those positions you do have a bit of a choice whatever your needs are really and um, whatever whatever you want and as always it is a good quarterback class and that's the thing that gets even people who are not that into it gets excited about is is there quarterbacks to talk about and 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 there is and and people really want to talk about those who are who are out with the the draft nerds if you want to call them but yeah we'll we'll, we'll get to some of those guys um, fairly quickly I'll imagine yeah it doesn't matter how good the class is if there isn't any quarterbacks people just they just don't want to know about the draft. What was it the year of Kenny Pickett? It was 2022. Like that was such a down year. There was quality prospects, but because the best quarterback ended up being Kenny Pickett, no one cared. But there is at least one elite prospect at the quarterback position. So yeah, this is going to be a good discussion. Well, I think you teed it up perfectly. Let's start with the big hitters, the quarterbacks. Um, there's one or two that even I know. So guys, tell me, uh, tell me this year's quarterback class. What's on, happening? Dude. Yeah, I mean the obvious one that stands out for everyone is is uh, you know it's obviously Caleb Williams, um, the quarterback from USC. He's been talked about for a year or two now as being a real elite prospect, and I think that we've already heard murmurings before the NFL seasons even started of teams, Arizona tanking for Caleb Williams. Um, I mean, this guy is, um, he has a potential to be a special talent at the position. Uh, we, we do say, you know, every, there's always hyperbole around top quarterback prospects, but I think this guy has all the bits and bobs that you want to be to be the real deal. He won the Heisman Trophy last year. Um, he holds USC single season records 
already for touchdowns, passing completions, you know, and that's a storied uh, college franchise as well. He won all the awards you could think of going last year, really. He's got uh, a really good uh, arm talent. He can make throws. We People describe him as Mahomes-like and the ability to be off script, be falling over and be able to launch the ball down the field. Um, he's a really big threat with his legs as well. He understands what's going on around him. He doesn't drop off when he's under pressure. You could go on and on and on and on. He maybe isn't the biggest quarterback in the world, and that might knock some people, but we've seen guys much smaller go number one overall. Yeah, I mean, just in a few months ago, you know. Can so you imagine if the Arizona Cardinals don't draft Caleb Williams because he's too small? <laughs> too small, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, well, a different regime. Different, different GM, different head coach. They might have a different thoughts on that. But if if you number one, Caleb Williams is going to be right up at the top. Unless he has an absolute dreadful season or he has some horrific injury that's going to keep him out for a long time. Um, and if it does be Arizona who, who picks number one, they're either going to pick Caleb Williams or they're going to get a bucket load for Caleb Williams, I think. Yeah, so he's six one two twenty. So he's he's not the smallest. He's also not the biggest. Do I care? Not one bit. I think he's probably as close to a perfect modern NFL prospect you're going to get at this time in the in the cycle. Um, say reminiscent of Patrick Mahomes, and that's just the creativity aspect of his game. No one's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but it's it's his ability to create from the pocket and off platform. That is reminiscent of that of that play style. Um, projecting, I think he will be one of the best prospects we've seen in the last decade. He's NFL ready right now, and I'm pretty confident he's going to be the best quarterback that I've ever scouted. Um, he he really is that good. He's just completely undefendable. Um, you know, if, if you play off him and you don't pressure him, he's going to beat you because he's got that playmaking ability. And if you do throw pressure at him fine he can throw accurately you know he can throw the ball to open receivers can change the tempo up he he can do everything uh, he doesn't have much that he needs to clean up there's little tiny little bits where he maybe try to do too much at times he'd like him to get to his check down but really who cares if that's all you've all you you've got that you he he has everything to be one of the top uh top quarterbacks in the nfl when he when he gets there better than trevor lawrence I think he's got the ability to be absolutely. Whether he is yeah. right now is different, but you know, if we're projecting to how yeah. we'll be yeah. um, at the end of this season with another, you know, Easter favourite to win the Heisman Trophy again, um, I don't see any reason why why he couldn't be no. Uh, no and if, if he I continues agree. the trajectories on, then yes, absolutely, he will be for me. I agree. It's just that when we get to the end, is he going to be? You know, we've all well, we've been doing this. Trevor Lawrence has been the number one quarterback. Yeah, it, 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 Williams potentially could could go one better. Um, we'll just wait and see. Wow, what a start! <laughs> um, we could speak forever about quarterbacks. I do think there's probably that we do need to touch on Drake May. I'm interested to see what Stu thinks about Drake May. Um, he's he's another prospect who's been uh, kind of built up. Uh, I don't think I'm on as high on him as as some others are. Some even have him above Caleb Williams, which I, I'm not on at all. He's got a lot to build on for me um you know he's cut that 
size, big arm profile, but um, he's a little bit inconsistent. I get the comp at the moment for me would be a kind of Daniel Jones-esque where I don't see him as a stud, untouchable prospect right now, but he's clearly talented and has a long way to go to develop. Um, you know, there's some concerns about the scheme there and really needs to work on his accuracy and, and varying things up. And But his touch, he's got nice touch and there's no reason why he can't go on to do good things. But he's kind of not at that level at the moment where, where some people are building up to be. It's interesting you had penciled him a Daniel Jones-esque prospect. The kind of prospect mm. I thought for me, kind of similar stature in, in kind of physical abilities was Ryan Tannehill, but a, a slight mm-hmm. a, a, a better version of Ryan Tannehill probably. Yeah. You know, Tannehill was uh, you know very limited in how much quarterback he played, but he's that kind of size, stature, running ability, but not electric runner. Um, I think for me, he's someone who. He scrambles really well, but he sometimes, I think, takes too long to decide what he's going to do. Um, and he gets uh, difficulty in kind of getting through his reads quickly if, if, the, if the guys are moving around him. But he's got a lot of talent. Um, he, he, he looks like a quarterback. We talk about that guy off the bus. We, you know, it's an overused phrase, but he looks like a quarterback should look. Um, he was playing behind an absolute rubbish offensive line at North Carolina last year and still managed to put up really very good numbers. Um, I, I suspect that he is going to be one of these guys who teams look at the physical traits and what they can develop into. Um, and again, that's what we're forward projecting. So I can see why some teams, you know, they like that bigger, stronger prospect that he maybe is than Caleb Williams. But for me, I'm not I'm, I'm not even convinced he is going to be the second best quarterback in this class. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's, you know, there's a lot yeah. of to kind of come through at the year. There, there'll be somebody who comes up the boards and, you know, we've seen it every year. There's, there's somebody who gets hot in their last year in college and, you know, are they going to overtake Drake May? It's not without the realms of possibility. Yeah, absolutely. Caleb Williams is clear number one at the moment. Drake May, I think, is probably clear number two at the moment with a gap. Um, and then there's just a, a really a bunch of guys, and there is a whole bunch of guys who, who are vying for that kind of three onward spot. In terms of rankings, it, the, the guy I've got at number three could quite easily be number 11 because they're all really quite closely graded. You've got Jordan Travis from Florida State, Bo Nix, who's been spoken about yeah. for ages and has finally come good at Oregon. He's up there. Riley Leonard has some fans at Duke. Uh, Quinn Ewers, you know, big time pro- um, recruit out of high school uh, at Texas. He could do really well. And you've got Michael Penix as well. You could just keep going on and on and on and on. There's it, it could be anyone that makes that push. The guy that I'm really interested in is Jordan Travis at Florida State, just because of how good Florida State really could be this year. They've, you know, everything's in front of Jordan Travis if he wants it. They've got the receivers, they've got the tight ends, they've got a big time running back. He's a dual threat playmaker. Um, So I think if anyone can make a jump at the moment, I would bet on him just because he's got everything around him to be able to do that. Yeah, he he's on my list of the two guys I've kind of got, you know, to chat through. If we out with the kind of top people, I had Jordan Travis as one of those two guys. He's got a really nice arm. He can zip the ball around the field as well. As you say, Wayne, he's he's a good runner with the ball. He's got a nice quick release as well. He's he, he looks like again, he's a bit of that kind of prototype size for an NFL quarterback. Um, so again, FSU is a team that we're, we're probably going to talk about a few other prospects, maybe mm-hmm. from there as well, uh, as as time goes on. And he's one that you really want to keep an eye on. Um, 
has just got to have a kind of a, another year of learning, yeah. of building, expanding his repertoire, if you like, um, to to build on what NFL teams want as well as just a college game. Um, but yeah, I, I think he is someone that really we want to keep an eye on and, and see how he does over over the course of the year in, in a team that could draw quite a lot of attention, I think, um, moving moving forward. The other name I had just to down was, he's just an interesting prospect. I don't know how well he's going to do, but is Joe Mitten. He's someone who's just got a, a huge arm. It's like an absolute cannon. We've seen him launching it. Um, he, he's got a nice, confident demeanour, but he's got a lot to work on. Um, he's a bit lean, um, but he, he's a really confident downfield thrower. And if he, teams love guys with big arms, um, and he's someone just to see how he gets on as the year goes through as well. Yeah, that's Joe Milton, Tennessee. Joe Milton, yeah, sorry, yeah. Who's come in in um, for uh, whatever his name was that went to the Lions. Um, Forgotten his name already. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about the 23 and after we've, we've already gone? Um, but yeah, they obviously, Tennessee obviously lost a, a load of playmakers. We'll see what he can do. But yeah, he's being built up as a toolsy guy. There we go. It could be hell of a quarterback class, not just like say at mm-hmm. the top, but uh, all the way through it. Um, let's let's move on. Uh, we'll keep it in the backfield. Running backs, we had a particularly nice class this year. Um, same again, maybe superstars or what are we think in that. Yeah. Mm, I, I don't know if we, obviously Bijan Robinson was the superstar last year. Um, I don't know if there's going to be the superstar. Drafted in the top 10 this year. But the, again, we see it year upon year. There's a lot of guys who are really good running backs. And you can go really deep in draft classes and have guys who do really well in the um, you know, in the fifth, sixth round, even we've seen players. Um, one of the guys I really like is uh, Braylon Allen, the running back from Wisconsin. Um, we've seen Wisconsin running backs in the news a lot recently. Um, and particularly at the Indianapolis Colts. Um, he's a guy who's a really good pass catcher um, out of the backfield, a natural playmaker. He's on the Feldman's freak list, which we always like to see. There's a lot of guys who do well in the pre-draft process and things that help them go up the board. Um, a real kind of crashing through tackles type kind of guy as well. will fight for everything that he's got. Um, he's maybe not the most athletic of all the running backs you're going to find as well. And that may be detrimental to him. He's not, he's going to be fast, but not faster than, you know, some of these guys as well, but he's a, he's a player that I quite like um, moving forward and want to keep an eye on. Yeah. The guy for me at the running back position, again, someone else from Florida state is Trey Benson. Um, he was a three-star recruit who originally to Oregon and then has transferred over to Florida State. And the reason why he's one to keep an eye on is because on 154 touches last season, he forced 79 missed tackles. So he's forcing a missed tackle on over half of his touches. Um, in Insane vision, pro-ready right now, natural feel for space. He's 6'1", 215, so he's thickly built, great lower power, um, strength and power in his lower body. Uh, he's one that I think could could challenge. He would be my my uh, top running back right now. Um, and then 
a couple of other guys to keep an eye on. I would keep an eye on Travion Henderson from Ohio State. Was injured last year, so wasn't as good as he could have been. We'll see how he can bounce back. But if he can be what he what we think he can be and he's fit, then he's he's going to make a push. And obviously, Blake Corum from Michigan, who was the absolute darling of, of college football last year, could have made a push for the Heisman if he hadn't got injured, should have been in the 2022 NFL draft. Um, would have been my uh, quarterback, uh, quarterback, running back three, if that was the case. He comes in as my running back two at the moment, just an absolute electric playmaker. Uh, yeah, it's a bunch of guys. Uh, there's, there always is at the running back position and, and someone will come up from nowhere. But yeah, there's a bunch of guys. There's no one really in that um, in that round one discussion right now, uh, but there'll be a bunch of them took on day two. Yeah, another player just while you're at Michigan is his teammate Donovan Edwards. Yeah. Um, he's someone who had a good season. I mean, he only played in 10 games, but 872 yards and 117 carries is, is pretty good with seven touchdowns as well. Also, about five yards of reception as well. So he's he's got a lot going for him as well. He's not a burner, but he kind of will get take, get, take what's given to him. Um, just uh, you'll be someone you'll, you'll notice again sitting behind Corum, but he will get more than enough touches. We kind of saw that last year with Roshan Johnson sitting behind Bijan as well. Just because he's behind a really good running back doesn't mean that he isn't a good running back as well. But yeah, I'm not surprised you mentioned Blake Coramoy, and I know you love affair with him last year, so I was expecting that one. Yeah, Already got bloody. There we go. It's nice early entry to uh, Hawaiian's hoodie slash t-shirt. Prospect. Oh yeah, Caleb Williams, Election. Blake Corum, already done, already in the bank. There we go. We'll see who's, who gets the, the prize third spot in the uh, in Owens merch. Uh, running backs. Uh, let's let's stay on the offense for now. Wide receivers. A bit of a um, well, a nice class last year. Nobody went till pick number twenty. We're we gonna find is there a superstar? So we're gonna go a bit earlier, or what are we thinking? And who to keep? Who do we need to look for? Short answer, yes. Yeah, a bit like Churchill. Oh, yes. There <laughs> is an absolute stud. You know, this yes, is like the, this is like we had uh, Bijan Robinson was an absolute stud running back this year. We've got an absolute stud wide receiver this year, and he's also got a teammate that we'll probably touch upon as mm. well. Um, but it's Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. Uh, I think he could walk onto an NFL team today and be the wide receiver one for. A significant proportion of the league, um, he is that good. Um, he's also a big lad. He's six foot four, two hundred and five pounds, but he's he's plenty quick for that. He's not just one of these big guys. Throw them up and catch it, and hope for the best type of receivers. He can do everything really that you want a wide receiver to do. Um, he was the best wide receiver for me in college football last year, and I don't see that changing this year either. Um, he's just super productive. He's a an elite athlete. He's just got lovely hands. He catches the ball so nice and cleanly. Um, very competitive. His dad is a Hall of Famer, so he's got that pedigree there as well. Um, is there much on the weak side? Probably not much I can say about Marvin Harrison. I would be surprised if this guy goes anywhere other than a top five pick next year, unless there's loads of teams just going nuts about quarterbacks. Even then, I can't no, see him dropping goes. very much further. Yeah, I can't see teams passing up on this type of talent. I think it's probably fairly safe to say that he goes top three. 
because I think you're going to get Caleb Williams go one, probably. You're going to have Drake May be there or thereabouts. Someone's going to, does, does he go two? Probably, it depends on obviously how the draft order shakes out, right? But the Cardinals are expected to have pick one and two. And if the Cardinals do pick a quarterback, then you've got the perfect partner to draft at the same time as in Marvin Harrison. The only guy that could challenge him outside of that would be is maybe an offensive tackle that we'll get to in a bit. Um, but yeah, I won't go into his scouting report because basically whatever you want your receiver to do, he can do it. The, the, the scout report is is complete already. Absolutely. Getting, you just need one word for that scout report. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah you don't the really only, need to write very much of an easiest one. Yeah, is he is he going to be a better prospect than Jamar Chase? That's the only question that the, the maybe is to answer right now. And he doesn't even need to answer it. It's just a, it's a debate, isn't it? Um, th- th- there's a, a load of uh, other receivers um, as well, though. I th- a, a player that I really like is Malik Neighbors from LSU. He's pretty high on my board. Uh, ran a, a four 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 forty. Um, extremely high ceiling uh, plays really controlled shows patience as well it's almost like a running back when he gets the ball in his hands really like him um a player uh, should, we, should we turn it into a florida state podcast keon coleman who's transferred over from michigan state looks like he'll be the number one wide receiver in, in that room uh has a chance to to really kick on after some poor quarterback play but still really you know did really well for Michigan State and there's another one Johnny Wilson who's six foot seven 235 pounds I mean you know what you're going to get at that size just huge catch radius you know he's not going to be one of the top ones drafted but you know every if you want to watch Florida State you're certainly not going to miss him yeah I mean he's listed as running a 442 as well at that size which is um (laughs) is just daft isn't it how are you going to cover that if you're a a five foot ten cornerback who's running at that speed as well it's going to be pretty difficult um, the other couple of guys is obviously Marvin Harrison's teammate at Ohio State, Amika Egbuka, um, if that's how you say it correctly. Yeah. He's a guy, another one um, off this seems to be never-ending list of Ohio State wide receivers. And again, for most college teams, he would be the, the top wide receiver prospect in the country for the, you know for, for that team. But he's, he's obviously going to play second fiddle to Marvin Harrison. But again, that should not... Um, dampened down his ability as well he's he's got enough height speed weight everything you want from a wide receiver really aggressive with the ball in his hands um he blocks well he, he puts himself about there as well he's not afraid of doing the dirty work um he's got really good acceleration uh, he sometimes can get pinned back a little bit when someone is really hard up against him and he needs to be a bit more getting off press and things as well um contested catches maybe is just where he's he's not quite as good as you maybe want him to be but again that's really nitpicking he's, he's someone who's a very very good uh, wide receiver prospect and someone who would be in a first round mix definitely um another one just to round off for me is Rome Oduns I don't know again the pronunciation Oduns-ay. Oduns-ay, to pronounce it in his Czech wine's been getting down on the pronunciations which I'm a little bit behind on he's a um, wide receiver prospect from a Washington. Um, again, he's a big guy, six foot three, just over that two hundred pounds. Um, had a good season last year. I think he had over a thousand yards, seven touchdowns, um, seventy receptions. So it's pretty good um, productivity. He does really well in the that kind of vertical 
um, deep threat balls. He can run with the ball in his hands as well. Um, he's maybe not the fastest guy in the world, but he's a bigger guy, so you're maybe not going to be using him as that really speedy player, but um, he's not going to blaze past corners, but he's competitive enough, and I think he's he's got a nice kind of route tree. I think he's another prospect that could be in the mix for later day one, early day two type of conversations. Lovely stuff. Tell you, get, get excited now, guys. Not that I wasn't, of course. Um, we'll quickly uh, try and well, finish off uh, offense. Tight end, a really good class, um, quality and quantity-wise, this year. Uh, same again? Yeah, it's There's one guy who everyone knows, or if you don't know, you should. It's Brock Bowers at Georgia, who, again, is an absolute elite blue-chip player. But outside of him, it's maybe lacking. There's another guy in Jatavian Sanders from Texas uh, who has a chance. But outside of that, there's just a bunch of names at the moment and there's not really anyone separating. But on Brock Bowers, uh, you know, one of the best players in college football, uh, absolute rarity, complete package, uh, intelligent both on and off the field. He's really good at you know in his classes, but you know, just power, speed, separation, he he's good. Another tight end who could go top ten easily. He's still going. You're on mute, Stu. I was getting that guy's head of steam up there. It's only <laughs> taken me what? How long I went the podcast before I made made a mess of it again? Yeah, so Brock Bowers, he's a bit of a force of nature, just a really strong guy. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's only about 230, I think, his weight is. So he's not the biggest weight-wise tight end, but um, he he is really uses this whole frame very well. He's on, again, our friend Bruce Feldman's freak list. So we love we love seeing that. That's one thing that we do love seeing. He's a really good athlete. He He'll work his socks off. He's always looking to block if he can, but he's really good with the ball in his hands as well. Yeah, he is. The, he is the tight end class, really. Yeah. Um, I, you know, there's a couple of again. We've come back to FSU again. Jaheim Bell's a nice prospect. He's a yeah. nice receiver, but is he going to be anything in the blocking game? I don't know. There's but there's a few names of people who are going to catch footballs, but I think this this tight end class is all about Brock Bowers and. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to touch him near the, the top end of that. Good stuff. Right, we'll, we'll stick with you, Stu. We'll head down into the trenches. Your favourite offensive line. Speak to me. Yeah, so there's a few guys really at the top of this class. And um, the, the one for me that obviously stands out is Ola Fashanu, um, who went back to school this year. If he'd not gone back to school this year and had come out in the draft last year, he would have been my number one um, offensive lineman. Uh, so he's gone back to school for another year because he is still quite young. I think he's yeah. doesn't turn, he's turned 21 just about the start of the season, roughly. Um, so he's still, he was still young to come out, so he's got plenty of time to uh, develop and grow, but he's someone who uses leverage really well. He's got uh, big, long arms. Um, he's really smart, plays plays with a real nasty streak in him as well. Um, he does have quite heavy hands. He's quick off the snap. Um, he can get to the second level in the running game really quite quickly for a guy his size. Um, he understands where 
point of attack is going to be where offen- a defensive lineman are trying to attack him. He can move, he can get himself into the position. He's got good hand work. He sometimes stands a little bit high at times, but he is such a tall athlete. He's six, six, six. Um, but Fashano, for me, is a real nice prospect. And I think offensive linemen often do take a bit of time to grow into the position, particularly at the next level as well. So another year at college probably isn't going to harm him. Maybe some of these other players who you see, you want them to come out, you know, running backs, wide receivers when they're quick, fast. You want to have that when they're younger. I don't mind an offensive lineman taking another year at college just to work and polish up at his game on a, on a guy who was already a very good prospect. It's a very tall offensive tackle class, isn't it? You got Fashanu mm. at six six, Joe Alt from Notre Dame at six eight, JC Latham six six, Patrick Paul at six seven. They're they're all six six, six seven, six eight. Um a guy that that I'm really looking to to make noise in the offensive line class is Amarius Mims from Georgia, who really is a complete projection. He only started three games last season at right tackle for Georgia. Um, He actually entered the transfer portal prior to the season and almost went to Alabama and decided to come back back to Georgia. Uh, And he's really going to follow for me in that Broderick Jones role uh, that we've seen. He has got a huge ceiling. He's got all the traits, amazing size profile, stupid length, incredible athleticism for his size you know six seven three three thirty his only problem at the moment is that he's very inexperienced and he's raw but if you're looking for someone who's got all the traits and just needs to put some tape on it's a marion marius mims from georgia so he's someone that i'm i'm really excited to see take a full-time role this season yeah me too i mean obviously i was a lot higher in broderick jones than some people were last year and it was purely for that projection reason so mims is a guy who again you know, if Georgia have a nice season, he's going to put himself in the spotlight a lot, isn't he? You know, in playing in the SEC, he's playing against the best competition as well. Yeah. He's only hopefully going to going to get better. Um, another prospect that I like is uh, Kingsley Suamataya. Ataye, I don't know how you say it properly. Again, this pronunciation is going to need a bit of work before the season starts. Mm-hmm. But he's a he's a tackle at BYU. Um, again, he's tall. He's at six foot six. So we've talked about it. Three twenty five. Um, he transferred to BYU from a Oregon, where he was originally playing and played um, really well last year. No sacks allowed while he's playing at right tackle. Um, quite an agile mover for his size. Mm. He's got good footwork and technique. He can get on the move when he pulls, and he's a good lead blocker as well. Um he might just struggle with those really super quick edge rushers, you know, the guys who are really quick off edge and bendy, but if it's power he's against, he's more than easy to hold his own. He can keep people at arm. He's got nice long arms. Um, he can lunge forward a little bit. We sometimes see with some of these bigger guys, they don't move their feet quite, they tend to reach forward a little bit, so he can maybe clean that up a little bit. But again, an interesting prospect who has, has a lot of tools that can get himself up that draft board if need be. Nice, nice. Well, it's about time we did uh, some some guys on the defense, eh? Um, yeah, kick us off. Defensive line. Any uh, any studs? Yep. Yeah, like yep. it. Yep. Um, 
should we start with the edges? Uh, yeah. I'll, we'll go to Florida State again. Uh, Jared Verse from Florida State. Uh, yeah, this yeah, this really is turned into a Florida State draft talk podcast. Um, Jared Verse transferred in from Albany to Florida State last season. Uh, coming out of high school, he didn't get a single offer from the FBS and is a track athlete. He would, again, would have been a top 10 pick had he declared last year, but goes back to college. He's the top edge in this class. Uh, twitchy athlete, converts speed to power, ferocious explosiveness, plays with violence. He could quite easily get a double-digit sacks in college football this season. He really is that good. Oh, he's a nasty individual when he plays when he wants to be. He can really give offensive tackles a really hard time. I was gutted when he... Because I'd done a lot of looking at Jared Verse last year and I was gutted that he didn't come out because... He would have been the one that would have pushed Will Anderson really for me for edge one. I think he is really yeah. in that that level of prospect. Um, but you can understand looking, hey, we're talking about FSU all the time. He's thinking, mm-hmm. can we do something special as FSU this year? I think that's what's maybe swung it for him. And also that, you know, that was money. his first year. Yeah, money, money as well. Um, you don't need to rush into the NFL for your money these days as well. That's what a lot of these exactly. college guys are finding. Um but you now it's his first real year playing at that you know higher level conference uh, college program. Another year in there, he's going to be ready to fly um, when he gets drafted, and I think he'll be drafted very early, barring any uh, barring any off-field controversies or injuries or anything like that at all. If he has a nice clean year, he's going to be a real uh, real handful for teams. Yeah, another one of those blue chip elite prospects. There's a bunch of them in this class. Was there any other edges that you liked, Stu? I'm interested to see because this is you, trenches is your thing. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I hate picking all these people who I can't pronounce their names properly. Oh, right. Liar to Latu. Right. Oh, yeah, um, that's what I was hoping you were going to say. From from uh, UCLA, he's a awesome. guy that. Uh, yeah, he is really fun to watch. Um, he got I think it was 11 sacks last year. Uh, he's listed on some things you see him as playing as a linebacker, but I think he's an outside linebacker and he's going to play yeah. on that edge. Um, really fun prospect. He's causes havoc wherever he goes. He just has a defensive lineman in a bit of a spin, really, if I'm honest. But he, he was a really fun guy. I think that if you just kind of watch him as the year goes on, I think he's going to get better and better. Um, he's he's a good size. He's two sixty five, but he's pretty quick at that size as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets he gets into the backfield. He keeps his feet moving. He plays all through contact. He's got really good uh, hand work. He can he understand. He's actually quite good in the run game as well. He really understands what's going on there. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. I'm interested to see if he can kick on again this year. Yeah, he's. he's- so good and it's such an interesting prospect so Leatu Latu from UCLA um, he played last year after missing two years of football he suffered a neck spinal cord injury while he played for the Washington Huskies medically retired medically retired wasn't cleared to play by Washington but was by UCLA so transfers over to UCLA plays last year and could already play as a pro. He he really is that good. He's he's, he's it's strange when you think how much football he's missed as well. How good exactly. he is. Exactly. 
yeah, the, the kind of like his dip and rip is is so good that it's just absolutely relentless. And I've heard it say, and I th- it's so true that you can tell that he's missed that much football because he plays with his hair on fire. You can just tell, he, he, he just loves playing, being there now. He just yeah. loves playing football, and and it shows. So for him, it all comes down to medicals. But but what a profile he has. Lovely stuff. Uh, any guys on in the middle on the inside of the defensive line? I'll leave, Owen, I'll leave Owen to talk about one because we had a chat briefly about him off uh, off air previously. Um, I, yeah, I really like this defensive tackle class. I think it's really strong. It's got this, the potential to be the best defensive tackle class we've had because how often have we sat here going, I really don't want to talk about defensive tackles. There's like one guy and then that's it. But there really is a host of guys. And that's because normally, they, you know, if the guys usually are really good pass rushers and uh, so they lose a bit of muscle and bit of bit of mass. They go and play on the edge and they get paid a little bit more for it. So all the players want to go and do that. But this year there's there's a bunch of guys and there's a load of really good pass rushers through the middle. The the main guy is just our Newton from Illinois, six two, two eighty. So he is on the smaller side for his position, but such a physically imposing explosive player. Uh, if you watch any tape this year, he does sometimes get called Johnny. I am yet to figure out why, but sometimes if you hear, sometimes they call him just on Newton. Sometimes they call him Johnny Newton. Um, just something to watch out for. But yeah, absolutely phenomenal player. His athletic profile is insane. He's an instant playmaker. Uh, his speed for me really separates him, but he also has that kind of, insane power profile violent play style all the skill moves plays hard insane motor he's just loads of fun to watch and my favorite thing about it is, is he's, he's he's one of i can't remember how i've actually haven't wrote it down but he's got a load of brothers and all their names are prefixed by Je. so he's got jaquan javon and they're all <laughs> and he's just on uh which i just fair play like fair play to his parents like that's absolutely awesome uh just yeah, turn turn on his tape because you'll have a blast watching him. Yeah, there's five of them, isn't there? Is it five, is it? There's Jerjuan, Jervon, Jerquan, Jerjon, and you know Dave or something. Don't know what the other one's called. <laughs> um, I wonder. If, I, I wonder if that's why they call him Johnny, just so that they can maybe. It's, it's easier to um, <laughs> easier to keep track of who other who the other one is. But anyway. Uh, another guy that I really like on the defensive interior is someone who's um, not overly experienced, but Leonard Taylor from Miami. Oh, yeah. Um, he is—he's not the biggest guy again. He's—he's he's a bit bigger than um, our yeah. friend Jer- Jerzon, but not massive for an interior no, guy. Um, but he is someone who is lightning off the snap. He's got really good burst for the size. Um, he is a pass rusher more so in the, in the interior. Um, he's got loads of power in the lower body. He's quick to re- react, a really strong tackler. He can shed, he can chase teams down. He's a little bit raw and he still lacks a little bit of kind of refinement in his hand placement, but he's an absolute demolition derby in the middle of that defensive line. And again, with a little bit more experience, another year under his belt, teams will really like him. Um, we look at the guy, you know, we obviously had some smaller guys last year, like the likes of Kalijah Kansi in the center. But 
this guy would outstrip him any day and he went in the first round. So, um, yeah, there's a, there is some really good defensive tackles in in this group. Um, another one that I think of is, is Masson or Mason Smith from LSU as well. Again, they're all kind of around this 300-pound mark, these more explosive, quicker guys in the middle of defensive rather than the big traditional nose tackles that we're seeing. Um, I'm interested with Smith to see if that weight changes because he only played seven snaps last year. So I'm wondering if he's maybe done in his rehab. Yeah, I mean, he was a guy who's missed the whole of last year, essentially. But if you look at his seven snaps and then tore his ACL celebrating his teammate getting a sack. Yeah. If you look at his tape from 2021 as a freshman, um, for a freshman, he was he was outstanding, really, you know, playing in the middle of that Tigers defense, um, you know, just for someone coming straight out of high school into playing in the college level. His tape is really, really good. He's missed all of last year. So really, he's got a big year to make up. You know, if I mean, if he can show any of the potential that he showed as a. Uh, as a freshman, he's someone who's really fun to watch. He's again someone who's only twenty, turns twenty-one as the season continues. So he'll be twenty-one come draft night. I don't even it depends on what like a season he has. He might even stay another year in college. Who knows? Um, but if he has a really good season and shows what he can do, why not chance his hand at the pros? Oh, don't do that. Come out in this draft class. Exciting. Well, wow. Here we go. Well, let's keep cracking, guys. Uh, linebackers. Yeah, just skip over these. Our favorite, our favorite position, isn't it? Linebacker. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's it's the position that I struggle with the most. I'm I'm openly honest about that. There are some names. Barrett Carter is a guy, is a very athletic linebacker who's probably the top of this class. A name for me that I would watch out for um, at Georgia is Jermon Dumas Johnson, a player that I really like. Probably you're not heard a lot about him, but he's a pure wrecking ball. Will be a plug and play line a Mike linebacker at the next level. He's got a natural field space and thick build. He's got everything that that you probably want in it. And the kind of if you were making it. A, a middle linebacker so yeah uh, Jermon uh, Dumas Johnson is one that I'd look out for Junior Colson I like at Michigan as well um, but we're, we're wait we're, this is one that we're waiting to see on we're not quite sure how this one's going to play out yet yeah uh, another guy again a slightly smaller but leaner guy is um, Shmuel Mondin again another yeah. linebacker at Georgia as well um, you'll be obviously you'll be when you're watching um Dumas Johnson, he's another guy to look out for as well. And again, another duo we're thinking of, Clemson as well. Jeremiah Trotter, again, is another linebacker who has some traits and has been talked about quite highly as well. Um, so, yeah, it's a class that's probably yet to emerge and the, we've not kind of yeah. sifted through the, the week from the chaff, really, in this in this group. There's nobody who's, this is the elite guy to watch out for. But there's a few names. and be interesting to see where that shakes out. There we go. That's how good these guys are. They're like, nah, there's no one. And they list off like seven or eight guys. How good's that? <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's round it off, guys. Defensive backs. There's always one or two. But yeah, who are we looking out for this year? Are you drinking the Kool-Aid? Am I drinking the Kool-Aid? I don't know yet. Oh. Um, yeah, I can, I can see it. I can see why people like Kool Aid McKinstry, the cornerback from Alabama. Um, he's probably most people's top guy at the moment. Um, he's quite a lean 
guy, but he's he's an NFL caliber athlete. You go these guys who come to Alabama, they're they're athleticism. They don't you know let any kind of mugs play in their in their defense. Um, he's got a little bit of everything. He's 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 length. He's got quickness. He's he's speedy. Um, he reads routes very well. He can he, he turns really quickly when he when the when he's running towards his own end zone. He's got he's always got a good eye on what's happening behind him as well. I find. Um, he can be a little bit handy and grabsy, but a lot of college cornerbacks are, and I think that's something that you will have to um, uh, clean up really. But again, most prospects are. I think there is that thing coming out of college. Um, he, he's floating around the top there for me, um, but I also like Kalen King um, from Penn State. I've, I've I've kind of got them in a similar kind of range at the moment yeah. and similar kind of physical dimensions as well uh, between the two of them. Um, again, the, the report is quite similar for some of the things that, that you can see. There's there's the, the, the strengths and weaknesses are there from, from both guys. But I think at the moment for me, they're probably the top two corners. Um, another one who's a little bit different from them, I like, is Cooper Dijon. Dijon. Um, Dejean. I don't know, Do I've been saying Dejean as well, but okay, you've got Dejean. You've been working on the uh, Dejean. Oh, yeah. I think I know it doesn't sound right, does it? Dejean. No, nah, that's rubbish. I'm calling him Dejean. He's getting called yeah, Dejean. Cooper it Dejean. Yeah. Um, he's a slightly taller corner, slightly heavier guy. He's six one two ten, about yep. there or thereabouts. Um, he comes from the place another name Battle Creek. Um, this is a cool name for a place. Um. Again, had a good sophomore year last year with the Hawkeyes. Um, four interceptions, five pass breakups. Solid amount of tackles and stops as well. He's he's just a tough, gritty player. Someone you expect from the, from Iowa. Um, he he tackles really well. He's quite aggressive in the run game. He's a bit he's a bit of a bigger back, and he's he's keen to do that. Um, but he's sometimes in his pursuit, kind of chasing down these quicker receivers. He's he sometimes gets beat on the way he kind of approaches it and things as well. But he's got a lot of physical traits there. He's he's a he's a tough lad and interesting to see how he he gets on. Yeah, you've got the big three at the moment: Kool-Aid McKinstry, Kalen King, and Cooper DeGene. I I love Cooper DeGene. Uh, they're, they're your big three. He the, for, for me, I would I I do have Kool-Aid at the top. Then I. I have Dejean ranked literally one spot behind him and then Kalen King. A bit of background on, on Cooper Dejean, just briefly, that he is just an elite athlete. And you'll notice that when you when the, the corners that enter the NFL and the ones that thrive, you, you just have to be athletic. If you're not athletic, doesn't matter how good you are, you are just not going to stick in the NFL. This guy was a four-star uh, safety recruit, Come play some safety. There's some people who are going to line them up there, but play quarterback, receiver, and defensive back in high school. Was also a big time basketball player. Won high school state title in 100 meters, ran 10.71, and won the state title at the high jump too. So we're talking about a superb, just, just all athlete, just elite athleticism, fantastic speed, easy to see that track background, just so easy moving, but also has incredible instincts just his production was was off the charts last year was he did he have three pick sixes um yeah. he's got excellent anticipation skills and is very proactive yeah. so he's a player yeah. in terms of production that i would be looking out for 
yeah, I think more than over half of his interceptions were pick sixes last year. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Um, Can we round up with the safety? We didn't mention the safety, and I think yes, that we don't often. Safeties aren't fashionable, especially in first round, but we can round off with. Uh, I think I'm going to class him as an elite prospect at this point because I, I do really like him. It's Cameron Kitchens from Miami. Uh, Kitchens, sorry. It's I, 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 I try and say Kitchens. You want to say Kitchens, don't you? I, I don't know whether it's just. Cameron Kitchens. Yeah, sounds like a joint joiner, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have it on the side of his van. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's a very good safety. It, it, really high motor has rare range for the position again just ball finder uh ball tracking is is excellent but has bruising strength when he gets there as a tackler uh has a has a chance to to go round one so yeah cameron kinchins from miami one to watch yeah i'm gonna be honest here in that when we, this podcast probably came a little bit quick for me and he's actually the only safety i've watched any tape on because he's the he's a big name um really about there um and you can see why you know, he's he's a really willing and capable hitter in, in the run game. Um, he's quite he's physical. He plays well at the line of scrimmage. He, he's strong enough, plenty to play downhill. But he can follow receivers as well, and he's he's got good anticipation. Um, reads a quarterback's eyes pretty well. Can be a little bit over-aggressive at times um, when he is coming downhill, and that might get him picked off a little bit. But again, he can just work on that. But the, kind of weirdly, when he's he's sitting off people, he sometimes can sit back a little bit as well. So you you kind of got that converse sometimes when he's going for it, he's going too much, and then he sits. He, he's got to find that balance. But again, we're talking about guys coming out of college who are twenty years old. You know, and they've got plenty of time to work on that. But yeah, uh, Cameron Kinchins is the is the guy you want to keep an eye out if you're looking for a safety at the moment. Lovely stuff. Well, guys, as always, thank you very much for all your scouting work, especially this early on in the process. I'm uh, I'm excited, guys. I'm excited. Some stud, studs, some depth. What what more could you possibly ask for? Uh, but yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be diving deeper on all these prospects and countless others as we move throughout the NFL and college season, closer towards the draft. Um, you know where to find us. All usual podcast screens will be here in a couple of weeks, maybe before then. But yeah. Keep an eye out for us. But that's all we've got time for today. We will see you soon. Thanks for listening.